Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. College baseball fans, college baseball is returning to Globe Life Field, home of the World Series champion Texas Rangers. Globe Life Field in Arlington, Texas is kicking off the college baseball season by hosting some of the top teams in the country over three consecutive weekends. The action starts with the Shriners Children's College Showdown presented by Kubota from February 16th to the 18th and continues with the Kubota College Baseball Series from February 23rd to the 25th and March 1st to the 3rd. Visit globelifefield.com forward slash college baseball for more information. Tickets for all three weekends are on sale now. College baseball fans, it's time for the D1 Baseball Podcast with Mike Rooney, Aaron Fitt, and Kendall Rogers. Let's win every podcast. Now, here's the pride of the Newtown Edgemont Little League, Coach Rooney. Hello and welcome to the 39 Minutes of Heaven we call the D1 Baseball Podcast. I am your host, Michael Patrick Rooney. Today's episode, as always, brought to us by our good friends at S2 Cognition. S2 Cognition delivers a revolutionary approach to helping athletes understand how in-game decisions impact their performance from youth levels all the way to the pros. The key phrase here is swing decisions. Uh, If you don't make good swing decisions as a hitter, whether that's baseball or softball, uh, it's not going to work. And so how do you get better at swing decisions? You get yourself an assessment from the, the folks at S2 Cognition. This is great stuff. Uh, and we're just thrilled to be partnered with them. Want to also say thank you to Pitch Logic, which is a system used by players, coaches, scouts, and instructors at all levels of play from youth leagues all the way to the big leagues. It's easy to use and affordable technology. The platform is accessible to every player at every level. All the metrics and features that are used at the highest level of our game. See pitchlogic.com for more information. So thank you to those folks. I want to say thank you to my two partners today uh the director of credibility at prep baseball and d1 baseball which is david seifert and the only first round pick i i I have a lot of jobs shooter but i only have one first round pick former first round pick that i get to work with and that's you (laughs) so i am thrilled so this is going to be fun today boys so we are you know like the the college season is we're, we're taping this on monday the college season starts two weeks from this friday which Given that I have two conference previews left to right, I almost my heart just stopped. But let's not focus on that. Let's focus on the fun, Saif. Um, the season is eminent. And I think one of the fun parts of the season is we don't know some of the newcomers. And some of these newcomers are going to be more than supporting actors. They're going to be stars. I think about Shooter, you're going to f- help us focus on the incoming freshmen. I mean, this time last year, we didn't know the name. Well, you knew the name, but I didn't know the name. Ethan Petri, Anthony Martinez, who was amazing at Irvine, Jay Slaviolette, James Talon at Duke. You know, Sife, we were talking about Juco guys. I mean, Saban Sabalos went from San Jack last year to Oregon, and he's the MVP of a team that hosts a Super Regional. So, it's like getting to know these new names. It's not just fun. It's like these are going to be important players 
um, in this year's college baseball. So um, before we dive in, gentlemen, how are we doing? Are, are we ready for opening day? That's that's my opening question. Shooter, I'll start with you. Are you ready for opening day? I can't wait. I can't wait to hear runes on on the broadcast. I can't wait to hear <laughs> Ben McDonald. I can't to hear, wait to hear all college baseball on TV. Yeah, Ben McDonald, uh, LSU. I think Ben wore number 19 at LSU and check LSU baseball's thread. Cause we're like, we were like 19 days to the opener and they showed pictures of Ben in those old school Converse metal spikes, <laughs> which were Sife. I know you had Converse metal spikes back in the day. Please confirm. Uh, if you say so, if that was the thing of the nineties and that was me, but uh, totally, I am not, I am not, I was probably more of a Nike guy, but uh, okay. Converse. They were around. Yeah, they were. Yeah, they were around. You so you so safe. You're too young for ponies. God, pony spikes were amazing back in the day. I never wore a pair. I that was I I I got to see players wear ponies. I never got to experience that. So, gotta love it. All right, boys, let's jump in here. Let's do this. So, shooter, we're gonna go around the horn. I ask you guys to each pick six newcomers to Division One college baseball. Shooter's gonna focus on freshmen. Safe, you're gonna help us focus on the transfers. Uh, Shooter, call the ball. We, we talk about Lavalette and Petri. Those were guys coming out of high school for, for me. It was like, hey, this is seven-figure guys. Like, pay right. them now because they're going to rake. Um, I think Petri started off hot. Lavalette took a little while to become what he's going to be again this year. Uh, but the guy I'll take at the top, Trent Carraway, uh, infielder, Oregon State, uh, JSR Catholic, unreal year last year in Southern California. Um, and I did not expect him to get to campus. That, that bat was just too valuable. I think the fact that he is a draft-eligible soft is probably why he got to campus, wanting that extra money. Um, but you throw him into a lineup with the Bees, which is stacked with Vizana. You got Mason Vera. It's kind of that pack mentality uh, for that lineup. He won't have that pressure right away. Vizana will take that pressure off him. He'll see some better pitches, but the dude just flat-out rakes. Um, great kid plays mean on the diamond. That dude steps in the box looking to do damage at all times, and he will not play like a freshman, especially coming from that program at Jay Sarah there in the Trinity League. Um, but I expect big things. The Beavs play like an SEC lineup at all times, so I'm excited to see him. Yeah, you're right about Caraway. I remember seeing him in some big events, and, you know, like a lot of times the star players have a little bit of show pony in them, and, you know, that that is a derogatory you know, comment. I, I I do mean it that way. And and Trent Caraway, he plays like he like is a walk on. Like he plays like somebody cut him or something. And like it's it's. Uh, I like the way you described it, shooter. Like there's a little there's a little edge there. Oh yeah, without yeah. a doubt. There, there's some. T- I think I'm an East Coast guy. You're an East Coast guy. You think of California, the sunshine. Oh, they're soft out there. Trent Caraway is not soft. That that too gets in the box. I'm telling you, he's in Corvallis. They'll have that li- liquid sunshine coming down on him. He's going to be hitting a lot of balls out. You know, it's so great, too, because Bazana was kind of played like a, a bat out of Hades when he was a freshman. So he'll be a he'll be a good mentor for him. Saif, so uh, take us to the junior college ranks. Who do you got for us? I'm going to start off with the guy I know the best. He's he's a local guy to Illinois. Um, I've known him for a long time, and I'm certainly not biased by bringing him up in this conversation because he is a lot like Sabalos uh, last year. Um Sabalos, everybody knew about him in junior college. He was talented. Um, they just didn't want to pony up the money that Sabalos wanted. So he went off to Oregon and, and played for his money and earned his money. And Sam Antonacci, uh, he's now Coastal Carolina. Um, he's the same type of guy. He turned down six figures both years uh, after his freshman year, after his sophomore year at Heartland Junior College, uh, which is in Normal, Illinois. 
Um, now he's out at Coastal. They moved him to third base, but he's a natural shortstop. I think at the next level, at the pro level, he'll go back to shortstop. Um, but just how Coastal does things, they have a really slick defender at short. And Anachi's going to be a gold glover for him at third base. But that's not all he can do. He's a, he's a five-tool guy. He stole 33 bases last year, hit 14 home runs, 32 doubles. Granted, it's junior college, I get it. Uh, but they played good competition. They won the Division II National Championship. I think he hit over 500. He's a good kid, athletic kid, 6'1", about 195, moves really athletic. So, like, he's a guy guy. He's, he's not an under-the-radar type of guy, uh, even though he's going to a, a mid-major in Coastal Carolina. Or as, or as uh, Shooter likes to say, he's a, a Power 5-plus guy at Coastal Carolina in the Sun Belt there. But, uh, I'll, like I said, I'll start with Sam Antonacci, and uh, he, he projects to be a top three, four-round type prospect at the end of the day. Boy, wouldn't that be just so on brand for Coastal for Antonacci to go there and just rake and just be a dominant player? And yes, I'm, I'm with you, Shooter. We uh, Stephen Shock, I borrow his term. He calls the mid-majors grit factories. So I, I like it. all that terminology. Uh, Shooter, give us another freshman, please. I mean, got to go to the SEC at some point, but I, I can talk a little bit about seeing this guy this fall. Um, but at the pitching factory that is Vanderbilt, and all the arms that they have rolled out of there, that Corbs has, you know, built that thing into superpower. Brownie now just bringing out arm after arm. Um, Ethan Magelvain might end up being the best guy to come through. He might be the most talented freshman on the bump that they've had. We expected him to be a first rounder last year. We'll see what happens. Bets on himself, chance to be 1-1 in three years. But the fact that he got to campus really elevated this Vanderbilt class, one. Two, they they already have a great weekend staff. McIlvain's going to be pushing them by the end. And if they bring him along like I think they will do and have done in the past, you're looking at a big-time postseason run from another freshman in the Vanderbilt uh, black and gold. And and correct me if I'm wrong, Shooter, but like Chris McIlvain was a very nice pitcher for Vandy. Like very nice. I mean, I, I, don't, I forget where he got drafted, Sife, but it felt like top 10 rounds. But, like, no offense, Chris, but Ethan is a whole different animal. Like, this is upper 90s from the left side. Yeah, he was, he was blessed with the left hand, unlike his brother. But he, he could also really pitch. Chris, yeah. uh, outstanding starter, attacked the zone. I think the fact of what his brother did, so what Chris was able to do at Vanderbilt, just the toughness he brought to the mound, you know little brother has that. Just to go out in those wiffle ball games and stick ball games to force his way into the lineup, he's got to be tough. Um, so he'll do really well there in Nashville. Yeah, I remember reading so, about. I, uh, oh, go ahead, I saw him this. Uh, I saw him this fall at Vandy um, when Wake Wake Forest came to town to Vandy this fall, and I saw McIlvain on the same day that I saw like Chase Burns and um, gosh, just both staffs, Wake Wake staff and Vandy staff, and McIlvain he stuck out like he was. He, the pitchability, it's good. It's it's not like a hurdle yet. And it didn't have the power of Chase Burns, but I mean, everything Shooter said is just spot on. I mean, the guy's a first rounder, was a first rounder last year. I don't know his signability story, but super impressive freshman. Yeah. Super impressive, anybody. Yeah, but to your point, like for for a freshman to stand in on that day when Wake versus Vandy, that's loud. Hey, Sife, take a, give us your second JUCO guy. A second JUCO guy, probably no second best. I saw him in the Cape this summer. Um, he's a two-way guy. His name's Cade Snell, uh, first baseman. He'll start at first base for Alabama. Um, at least that's where he's projected to start. But he also is a, a left, left-handed pitcher. Um, he posted just ridiculous numbers last year in junior college. 
Um, I believe it was Shelton State. I could check my notes here. Um, but uh, hit over 300 in the Cape. I believe he hit 342 in the Cape. And then, um, excuse me, he pitched for Wallace Dothan, Alabama. And he was the uh, National Junior College Division One Player of the Year, where Aminachi was Division Two Player of the Year. Uh, Snell was a Division One Player of the Year. So, like I said, he'll be a starter at Bama. He should also get some time on the mound. Um, he's an upper 80s, touch a 91, 92 guy on the bump can move the ball around and spin it, subtract. So he's not going to be your dominant SEC starter, but uh, certainly talented enough to log some innings uh, for an already good Alabama step. But Cade Snell. Yeah, that's a big name for them because they obviously have incredible pitching, but the position player group is very mysterious. I mean, it's basically Matt Gassetti and a bunch of newcomers. And so in Gassetti, no offense, he's a really nice player, but he's not a middle of the order. So they're going to need guys like Cade Snell to to really be able to – and it's encouraging that he was so good in the Cape. I, I love that name. Shooter, give us uh, freshman number three, please. You know, we talked about Ben McDonald on the broadcast. This guy actually reminded me of Ben McDonald, just just kind of the makeup. He's from Louisiana, but Jake Brown at LSU. Um, huge buzz name throughout the fall, was outstanding in forcing his way uh, into the lineup. Sounds like he's going to start in the outfield for the Tigers there. I liked him on the mound in high school. There's upside there, 6'3", probably close to 200 pounds when it's all said and done. But the left-handed bat, what I like most about it is the moxie that he brings. He's got the confidence. It's something that um, I don't think gets talked about enough, especially when going to LSU. Like the Yankees, the expectations are so high. Everybody that comes through there is an absolute dude. So when you walk in there, you have to kind of carry yourself with that confidence to expect success. Jake Brown does that, um, but it's, it is a, a very similar personality to Ben McDonald, where I, th- I think, Ben, once you got between those lines, it's laser focused. Um, and then you get to hear him now just be outstanding in, in the broadcast. But I think Jake Brown's going to have a huge year, um, especially the fact that that lineup is so loaded. So, Shooter, let me give you a follow up on Jake Brown. Like he like his name keeps coming up over and over again, like this dude is and to your point like to be a freshman that cracks the lineup at LSU is really remarkable um do you think he will pitch someday at LSU or do you think like if you had a guess is he like a future two-way player or is he more like a Gavin Guidry where his career kind of just takes him down one path and he's going to stay there if he's hitting the way they talked about in this fall it's tough to take him away from that right now um it's three pitches for a strike, real easy on the mound. I saw a starter profile, future weekend guy. It wasn't the plus stuff of, of a McIlvain per se. And I think at this point, the way that they're producing hitters and what Jay does with those guys, it, it's tough to take them away from that um, that side of things, especially when they have so many arms. It sounds like the bullpen's going to be unreal this year. So I doubt he even sees an inning. And then, and then one final question on Brown. So he's not the projected center fielder right now because of of, of Kling. Is it Paxton Kling? I can never mm-hmm. remember. Yeah. So, but is he a center fielder, Jake Brown, or is he really a corner outfielder? Shoot, I, I feel like Jake Brown has all these tall tales on him. He's a Southwest <laughs> Louisiana kid. It, it's like he's coming out of Steve Nebraska. Where did this guy come from? Um, so I, I think he could. He's that kind of athlete. I'm, I'm sure yeah. if you go watch BP, you'll look and be like, who just tracked that ball down, ran from right field to left field? Oh, that was Jake Brown just doing what he does. Yeah. He's barefooted right now for some reason. <laughs> so He's uh, Sid, Sid Finch of college baseball. I love it. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Saif, give us another Juco name, please. I'm going to stick in the SEC. Uh, I'm going to go. 
over to uh, Tennessee, up to Tennessee, and, and talk about Marcus Phillips, um, mm. 6'4", He was our number one, PBR Juco's number one ranked player last preseason um, as a two-way guy. He's also an outfielder, hits bombs. Uh, but he'll toss it up to 98, 99 off the mound. He's got a slider, fastball, there's nothing straight. So um, with that comes a lot of swing and miss, but with that nothing straight also comes with uh, you need to command that. Um, and I'm not saying he's a problem child with command, but he's really similar to uh, Colby Holcomb from Mississippi State last year, who was one of our higher-ranked junior college guys, went to Mississippi State as a sophomore, so not eligible. Phillips is the same way. Phillips is just a sophomore. Actually, he's a redshirt freshman because he got hurt last spring, uh, didn't play, didn't pitch other than a, a tiny bit, but still transferred to Tennessee. Uh, but, again, he's up to 99. He'll sit 94, 96. Um, I saw him this past fall against Virginia Tech. Uh, we were somewhere in eastern Tennessee. Uh, gosh, uh, where were we? I don't even know where we're at for that for that fall scrimmage. But uh, he is a guy guy. Uh, he's going to close for the Volunteers. So if you know if you're a redshirt freshman and you're closing for the Tennessee vol- Volunteers, you are something. Uh, but once again, he is not eligible for this year's draft, uh, but he's definitely one to watch uh, this spring. He's safe. So Phillips, if I've heard this correctly, is – like a South Dakota kid or something like he's from way North, right? Does that sound right? Yeah. He, yeah. The story goes, uh, I think it's, he's from Sioux city, um, but his dad was up there playing professional baseball, uh, married a, a local woman um, and they just stayed up there. Um, and so from, uh, from Sioux city, I believe it was to Iowa Western, you know, shorter trip. Uh, and mm-hmm. he just stayed in there. You go to school and um, the athleticism means, you know, 70 athlete, um, but uh, stayed local for one year at Iowa Western again, but he redshirted, and then now he's in Tennessee. Vitello will go anywhere for big arms, and he, he found another one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tennessee and Tony V, man, they they recruit all 50 states in remarkable with remarkable efficiency. Saif, when I think of Phillips, I, and I haven't seen him in person, and I can't wait to, I'm picturing, like, Lawrence Taylor, who <laughs> never got the memo that he should have played football. Like, six, whatever you said, like six five, two twenty, and then like an athlete too. Like good, good luck blocking that guy. But uh, I'm he, thankful. He's not. I'm, he's not. He's he's a bit shorter than Dave Winfield, but uh, that's <laughs> certainly the the type yes. of man we're talking about. Yes, <laughs> it's a great analogy, Winfield. It's like I don't know why you're on a baseball field, but I'm grateful for it. So yes, that's great. Oh, awesome. Uh, Shooter, go ahead with another freshman, please. Uh, stay in the SEC at. Texas A&M, Gavin Grohovac. Um, and I guess a year before their draft, the 23 draft, we put out our way too early mock draft and we had Gavin Grohovac in the first round. Um, one of my favorites. I loved what he was about. Kind of similar profile to Dylan Cruz. Um, and then even the way the summer progressed, there was some swing and miss throughout the draft summer. Uh, you're in Southern California. So the scouts see you a lot, kind of oversee you. They cooled off a little bit. Not sure what his number was. Um, we didn't cool on, cool on him. And I think he's going to really hit. It's just a professional approach from the right side. Ball jumps off the barrel. He's ultra athletic. He did some shortstop. He caught, played outfield. Not actually sure what he's going to do with AM. Um, but I think he's got a chance to really hit. I would keep in mind just with an SEC freshman, kind of like Lavalette, who started off slow. Oh, this guy can't do it. Well, you let him come along, and then you get paid off pretty big time at the end. Um, Gavin Grohovic has that type of upside. Those two could be Bash brothers the next two years. So really ex- excited to see what he does there. Yeah. Oh, I, I have so many thoughts. I'm so glad you brought up his name. First of all, like I think about A&M's lineup where you're going to go LaViolette, 
who, by the way, like if you're a fan, like you said, shooter, like this kid went to Team USA last summer and he's playing center field and he's six foot six and it's like ridiculous athleticism. And then Braden Montgomery, like go ahead and look up his numbers the last few years at Stanford and then Grahovic. And then, you know, I, I, I was in a text conversation recently where people are like, wow, you know, like people like scouts were, were torn on Grahovic. They were swing and miss. And, and what you said, Shooter, it took me right back. When Dylan Cruz was going to LSU, we had all seen him on the circuit a bunch. And I was just picturing this kind of swing hard guy and swing and miss. And then he takes his name out of the hat and I'm in my mind or out of the draft. And I'm like, hashtag afraid to compete. And, you know, and then Dylan. So like I Dylan Cruz entered college baseball and I was like, I'm really curious to see if this kid's as big as the hype. And he Dylan Cruz you know, abused college baseball for three years. Like if you look at Dylan Cruz's three-year career in college baseball, it's almost comical what he did. And so I, I think back to myself being skeptical of Dylan Cruz coming in. You're like, okay, Coach Rooney, you're an idiot is basically what we're, we're saying. But um, I can't wait to see Grahovic. Like I'm thinking like a shorter Pat Burrell, you know, like just like this monstrous like right-handed. Oh, man, I, I'm I'm so excited to watch AM's position player group. I love that Burl comp. That, that's going back. That was like the first Omaha I went to was Pat the Bat with Miami just hitting yeah. tanks. So yeah. um, I, I like that a lot. I couldn't resist. Grohovic's a California kid who hits right-handed, and he's enormous. He's not as tall as Pat the Bat, but anyway, got to love it. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hey, everyone. We're going to take a quick break from our discussion to hear a couple ads from our sponsors. Uh, Saif, I know you were not a person that was down on Dylan Cruz coming in, but please give us your next junior college player. Next guy up is uh, Derek Vartanian. Uh, he's a right-handed pitcher from Campbell, and it seems like Campbell's always putting out a, a day-one arm. I don't know what they got going there, yeah. but uh, – uh, Vartanian transferred in from Gaston uh, College in North Carolina. And when he was there, he's more of a, a low 90s guy with really good control, um, really good command control. And all of a sudden, he, he jumps over to Campbell. Now he's 93, 96, uh, feel for four pitches, throwing strikes. And, I mean, he walked he walked nine guys in 76 innings last year in junior college, also struck out 76. But now he's got the number one to go with it. And he was kind of the story of the fall in that area. But also on a national level, he's one of the – I mean, there were several junior college arms, and we're, we talked about, you know, um, Phillips already. We'll talk about a couple other junior college arms that are not four-year schools. But Vartania is probably one that had the most healing about of anyone just because he went from, uh, again, just a low 90s, a guy who could pitch at Gaston to, uh, you know, what he is today, which, I mean, there are there's day one talk about uh, him, him – uh, this coming the summer. So, Saif, just to re, uh, rewind for a second. So, is this, the, you said some crazy number, like single digit walks in like a 75 inning Juco season. Is that right? Correct. Nine walks, 76 innings. Um, and again, he's, he also looks about 6'4, 200. So, we're not talking yeah. about this, you know, this early maturing guy that has, has, a, has a really compact delivery, or whatever. I mean, this is a long, projectable guy uh, who's just uh, touching the tip of the iceberg right now. So, so would you say, Saif, like, to me, this is like the perfect development story, right? A, a kid who's got, like, the velocity is a late, kind of comes on late, so he has to learn how to pitch. And then, next thing you know, he's pitchable with 
a, a big jump in velo. Is that a fair assessment of him? Yeah, very fair. And, and when I was looking him up in uh, the prep baseball, uh, uh, you know, in our database, looking into his profile, I believe when his last updated when he was, uh, well, his his height weight was last updated when he was a uh, junior to be senior in, in high school. And they have him listed at 5'8", 135 pounds. Oh my so uh, what you said, late bloomer, for sure. That's what this guy is. Now he's 6'4", 200, and just lighting it up out east. And what you said about Campbell Sife, like I, I love it when programs just have incredible identity and sense of self in recruiting and they just lean into that. And like, that's Campbell. Campbell has been so good for so long and they know exactly who they are. And so of course, Vartanian is there, you know, like that is, they, they hammer Juco recruiting. That is, that is, um, that, that's some justice right there. Go, go ahead, shooter. Give us number five, please. I'm going to head the West coast UCLA kid, um, Brock, Brock Chalowski and, um, one of the excitement, we, I loved him in high school, plays with that chip on his shoulder. He was, I think, a four-star quarterback. So he has that QB1 mentality, constantly winning. And um, I, I think UCLA need, needs a little bit of what he brings to the diamond. There is, I don't want to call it flair, but it's more like he exudes that confidence and goes out there to win. And it's not just, hey, I'm going out here to show and look good. I'm out here to step on your throat and win this game so having that winning mentality they're in the pack there i think this is their last year in the pack before they go over uh to the big 10 um but if you say it's going to be good that's going to all come together those freshmen are going to play well and i think Chalowski's kind of the leader of that bunch he just finds a way to get it done he's going to play a plus third base for them um and, and just really provide the barrel that they'll need um it's not super powerful impact at the plate right now but is super powerful, impactful as a winner. So that, that's what I think is going to be big for UCLA this year. So Rock Chalowski is the guy I'm looking forward to. Yeah, I just think, and you and I are West Coasters now, Shooter, but <laughs> I think the freshman class on the West Coast, like the, the Pac-12 has got, and actually the Big West, there are some really interesting freshmen that got to campus. I mean, I'm thinking about UCLA. I'm thinking about Stanford's Arms. I'm thinking about Oregon. I'm thinking about Oregon State. I'm thinking about Arizona State. I mean, up and down the league, there's some really intriguing. I mean, you know, Santa Barbara's got a freshman arm that sounds like a, you know, future top mm-hmm. 10 pick. And it's it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be fun. Chalowski, by the way, quarterback of Hamilton High School in suburban Phoenix. Hamilton High School has been so dominant in Arizona high school football. Like, it is the program. They actually uh, teasing, they, they tease it and they don't call it Hamilton High School. They call it Hamilton University. Because it's like that dominant of a football powerhouse. So like he wasn't like just a joking around high school quarterback. Like if you're the quarterback at Hamilton High, you are you are a quarterback. No, he had he had Notre Dame quarterback uh, offer. So he, he had some big time offers. I think he potentially UCLA football, but he he's all in on the baseball side now. Oh, now I like him even more that he was considering <laughs> my fight in Irish. Yes, yeah, Saif, what do you uh, give us another JUCO guy, please? I'm going to head over to the ACC um, and talk about Gavin Adams. He's a right-hand pitcher. He was at Indian River, Florida last year. Now he's at Florida State. Uh, he's projected to be the number three starter uh, for the Seminoles, and they kind of rebuilt their rebuilt the rotation this year. But uh, he fits right in. He's a power right-hander, uh, above-average slider. He'll run up to 97. I believe he touched 100 this fall. But if you want to go say, hey, what's he going to pitch at, he'll pitch more at the 96. But again, he's he's that long, lanky, projectable, uh, big arm, um, and he started slow this past fall um, at Florida State. But he he ended with a really good outing at Alabama, 
which is where he touched 100 miles per hour. So he's a, he's a day one. I mean, if he puts it all together, he's a day one talent. Um, we had him, prep baseball, we had him as our fourth-ranked junior college talent going into last year's draft. And he was actually the highest. He got drafted in the 11th round, but he didn't sign. But he was our highest-ranked guy that didn't sign. So uh, he's back, and uh, he's firing bullets, and uh, he's another good one. And, uh, again, top could be a day-one guy, probably a more of a, a third- or fourth-round talent uh, if he just uh, you know improves – a little bit, but uh, there's definitely day one potential. So, Saif, talk me through the draft. So this kid's an 11th rounder. What I hear you saying is he checks every every scout box except for maybe, like, just day in and day out performance hasn't. Like, if you're a scout, you see him one day and he just tears everybody up, then you might see the next day and it's choppier. And, and so, like, if I fast forward, if that all comes together at Florida State – They've got like a dude, dude. Is that is that a is that kind of a fair synopsis of the scenario? Yeah, I think the the ding on Adams last uh, last spring uh, was Indian River put him in the bullpen, and not mm. not that they should. They, you know, the coaches are there to win games and been that hot seat before. So, but he was pitching on the bullpen in junior college. So that's that's kind of a big ding, right? Yeah. Um, but I think at the end of the day, it just was a matter of money. You know, like our team was offering X and he wanted Y, and they were. X hundred thousand dollars apart or whatever it might have been. And he just bet on himself and he's going to go to a, a you know, he's at an ACC school now and he's going to put up some numbers and show the stuff and, and earn his money. You know, no different than uh, Sabalos did last year, even though Sabalos a position player happens a pitcher, it's the same type of deal. So I don't know the specific details, but generally, no, that's, it's just about dollar bills and betting on himself. So yep. uh, that's what he did. And he's, he's definitely shown the improvement already. And, uh, has definitely moved up some uh, scout scout draft lists already as well. Yeah, that's a, it's a great point you made there, Saif. It's like if you polled all thirty organizations, every thirty for thirty would say yes, we would love Gavin and Adams in our system, like hundred percent. But the mm-hmm. draft is a different, like it's a financial exercise too. And so I, I think sometimes I'm guilty of that. Like I start digging the players' abilities because of how the draft shakes out for them, and that's really not a fair. It's a, it's kind of a totally different animal. So yeah, the major league baseball draft that we talked, we talked about many times before. It's just a different animal than the NBA or, or mm-hmm. any other pro. It's it, major league baseball draft is really just a mess. It really is. It's it's <laughs> it's about talent, but it's about signability. It really is. I mean, yeah. if, if they made these guys declare, um, so these guys knew it's basically within, you know, ten twenty thousand dollars of their value. Uh, and just set up a totally different system. It'd be a much more effective way to uh, procure players. But unfortunately, we're not there. And uh, Adams is 11th rounder. And, you know, he was probably last year, probably a sixth or seventh round talent. And he wanted, like I said, he wanted X and they only wanted to pay Y. So yep. we're at where we're at. Totally and Saif, I particularly love you using the word procure. That shows that us former junior college coaches are, we can we can be orators <laughs> too, right? Like that was well played. Sneaky um, yeah. shooter, you know this about Sife. Sneaky good vocabulary, really sneaky good technology guy. Like really sneaky. Like some of the WordPress things that Sife can operate, very impressive. Yeah, I'm just, I'm, not sneaky bad vocabulary and pronunciation of yeah, last pronunciation name. guy. Not Rooney. your not no yeah that's right. Rooney. 
Hunt. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Safe, safe would call me Rodney. Yeah, that's an NP on pronunciations. That's okay. <laughs> not not everyone can be a five-tool player. Uh, Shooter, let's take us home. What, what do you got? You have a little uh, Econo pack here for yeah, us? Yeah, I'm gonna, so I'm going to wrap us up with a trio, kind of with, um, from my side of things, with the way recruiting has gone, right? The SEC's blowing up. Uh, national recruiting's become a huge deal. Um, but what I've seen a lot the last few years, Northern California kind of getting poached. The guys are more something about NorCal versus SoCal, where the NorCal kids are more apt to head out to the SEC or Big 12. They're not not against going east. Whereas a lot of SoCal kids, they stay UCLA, USC, ASU, UA. Um, and and still some of these NorCal kids are at Stanford. We talked about those big time arms they have in the freshman class. Uh, but at the top, a right-hander from our number one freshman class, Arkansas, Gabe Gakel, who's got outstanding stuff. And it's kind of similar to Thatcher Hurt. It, it's swing and miss stuff, can really spin the baseball, uh, knows how to compete. They're just some electric arms coming out of Northern California. And the fact that he's going to Fayetteville, he'll be with Matt Hobbs for three years, um, has a chance to probably start on the weekend this year because of the swing and miss. They have an excellent class at Arkansas beyond him. But Gago's kind of at the top of that NorCal bunch where, hey, these guys are headed out of there. Uh, Nolan Stevens at Mississippi State, left-hander. He's a two-way guy, some power at the at the dish. I think his upside in the mound might end up being pretty important for the Bulldogs' success even as soon as this year. Um, and then a guy who stayed in the West Coast but went up north, Toby Twist, who is really highly ranked for us. Uh, an Oregon recruit, left-handed arm. Um, he actually a two way himself, but he got hurt early on in his high school career. I think he had Tommy John. So kind of got lost in the shuffle, missed out on the, the summer circuits, but now it sounds like he's doing big things again. And, and we loved his upside of the mound early on. So I think we could be hearing a little bit about Toby twist and Nolan Stevens, but especially, uh, Gabe Gakel, all, all NorCal kids. Yep. It's funny. I talked to Mark Wazikowski today, uh, promoting the, the uh, Shriners tournament coming up at the beginning of the season. He, like, Toby, I asked him, like, hey, who's a newcomer that we should be, ta- you know, we should be ready for? And he, Toby Twist was literally the, the first two words out of his mouth. He, that, that kid sounds super exciting. It's, he was a top 10 national guy for us at one point. And then the injury really, really curtailed things, but the ability to spin the baseball and just a hardworking kid. So I'm glad to hear he's back on track. Oh, yeah. They, 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 I mean, Oregon's got tremendous depth of pitching. Oregon's got two veterans back in Aon and, and R.J. Gordon, plus all those freshmen that threw last year. And so for an incoming freshman to be able to kind of carve a, 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 a role out of that is incredible. So you might have to do a full on you and I just do West Coast podcast. <laughs> yes, we'll call it toughness and charisma. There you know, we go. East Coast meets West Coast. So, oh, very good. Uh, Sife. So, so we're gonna do one more junior college player. Who do you got for us? Do you have Mike Piazza? Do you have Kurt Schilling at a Yavapai College? What do you got? Who, who, who's the next Mike Piazza? No, I got one even better. I'm gonna go with uh, a guy, Kendall Rogers. On I can't go on a D1 podcast without mentioning Kendall. You know, I gotta get some. Oh, I love it. Get those, KR those the goodie points. Yes. Yeah, I gotta give give Kendall some goodie points, but. Uh, uh, Jackson Jelkin, he's now uh, at University of Houston. He started his college career at the University of Nebraska, went to South Mountain Community College down in Arizona last year. So, uh, Eric, you're, you are very familiar Go with Go Cougars, uh, yeah. Go Cougars. He's a 6'5", 190-pound, just lanky, 
loose right-hander. Um, Kendall saw him up to 96 this fall against Texas A&M, uh, sat 93, 95. Um, and the best thing about Jelkin, he's a, he's a lower slot guy, but there's a 70 slider. He's got a plus the better slider mm. in there. So when you're spinning it from a, a lower slot like that, you kind of just stand out because not a lot of guys can do that. Now, the, the only – the bad spot on Jelkin is – the kind of the command comes and goes. Houston describes him as their their wild thing. So right now they have a list in the starting rotation. At the end of the day, with the lower slide and kind of the, the fastball that moves a lot, that's hard to command. He may be a closer type of guy, but uh, Jackson Jelkin is definitely one to watch uh, this spring based on you know what he did in junior college, but also what he did this past fall at Houston. Yeah, he sounds super fascinating. It's like, I apologize if you said this already, but he was drafted, right? He just didn't sign. Is that correct? I think he was like a 13th yes, uh, rounder or something like that. That sounds correct. Yeah, I can. Uh, I, I love yeah, the way, I mean, while you're looking that up, I love the way Houston set up their rotation. If it plays out this way, like you said, I mean, Jelkin could end up in the pen and that's fine too, but they've got a, a wily veteran, Antoine Jean, who was at Alabama, you know, kind of came in there with Connor Prelip. And so he's going to be like a very like trickery left-hander and then Jelkin's just going to be like kind of blow your doors in right-hander with a wicked out pitch. Um, that could be a very fun one, two punch for Houston. So. Yeah. Jelkin was taken in the four, 14th round by the doctors. Yep. I, I don't know if you would, you concur with this Sife, but like in the, this day and age with a 20 round draft, like if you were picked, like you have my attention, right? Like there's just not that many, slots anymore like it's it's you know like i'm not getting drafted anymore because i'm related to somebody like if you're one of those 20 picks like uh who was the football player one year that they they drafted a quarterback and he had never even picked up a baseball for oh gosh i won't remember it but i think it might have been tony rice my beloved quarterback of notre dame who got drafted i'm not even sure he played little league baseball but you know i'm so I'm so old, I can remember when the White Sox selected Ron Schuler's daughter. Schuler was the GM at the time. So, uh, I mean, oh, there you I'm not go. trying to one-up you there, but uh, that no, was a great thing to get from the uh, Yeah, I, well played, Saif. That, that, that will do it. So, oh, boys, this was so fun. Great stuff. I think um, this gets me even more juiced up for college baseball to start in a couple weeks because it's like we, we know we spend all this preseason talking about the things that we think we know you know, what are rankings based on? Rankings are based on players who excelled last year. And what we don't realize is that there's this next crop of kids who we don't know. Now, you guys know them, but, you know, the 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 average fan like myself doesn't know these guys. And so, oh, man, I, this, this gets me jacked up. So good to see you, fellas. Um, hey, what, what uh, let me end on this. Shooter, what do you have any plans for the first few weeks of the season? Will you get to any college games? I'll be at so many high school games, but I will yeah. definitely be watching them from from yeah. the uh, the command center, as I tell Saif. I love that. Saif, what about you? Do you have road trips planned for the beginning of the season? Uh, both Shooter and I, well, we start out at the Super 60, the Prep Baseball Super 60 on February 4th in Chicago. So we'll, oh, nice. we'll be there for that one. That kind of kicks off uh, kicks off my out of the house. Uh, this past weekend, I just spent glued to the live stream of junior college games. Yes. Uh, the, the junior college season kicked off this past Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So I got my full share of those live streams um, and uh, yeah, super 60. And then I'll go to another junior college tournament the weekend before the D one uh, season starts. And I think I'm going to start out East. I'm going to try to catch a, um, a look at uh, 
Duke left the Duke lefty. Gosh, why San, I Santucci. Jonathan Santucci, Santucci. Thank you. Yes. But catch him, catch him in the morning in Myrtle Beach, and then drive on down to Charleston and and catch uh, catch Breck from Iowa Ooh. that evening. Uh, they're out there playing. I actually forget who they're playing, but they're playing down Charleston, just a couple hour drive away. And I'm gonna take it on down to Florida and catch me some Caglione and some Weatherall. So uh, did you say Caglione a- the right way? Because you just did. I you just throw in all sorts spell. of different pronunciations of his yeah. name. I just got to remember, uh, you know, anyway. Yeah. Caglione. So, yeah. So that's my first weekend. So um, I am ready to go. Oh, that's strong to quite strong right there, Saif. Well done. Oh, boys, this was great. I really appreciate it. Hey, so, uh, thanks again to our friends at S2 Cognition and Pitch Logic. Uh, and that is it. Uh, everybody have a great week. Season is eminent. And we will catch you next time on the D1 Baseball Podcast. The D1 Baseball Podcast is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.